So they came down. This is what Paul said to them. You yourselves know how I lived among you the whole time from the first day that I set foot in Asia, serving the Lord with all humility and with tears and with trials that happened to me through the plots of the Jews. Now I did not shrink from declaring to you anything that was profitable and teaching you in public and from house to house, testifying both to the Jews and to the Greeks of repentance toward God and of the faith in our Lord Jesus Christ. And now, behold, I am going to Jerusalem, constrained by the Spirit, not knowing what will happen to me there. Why is Paul saying he don't know what's going to happen to him? Except that the Holy Spirit testifies to me in every city that in prison and afflictions await me. But I do not account my life of any value, nor as a precious to myself. If only I may finish my course in the ministry that I received from the Lord Jesus, to testify to the gospel of the grace of God. And now, behold, I know that none of you among whom I have gone about proclaiming the kingdom will see my face again. Therefore, I testify to you this day that I am innocent of the blood of all. For I did not shrink from declaring to you the whole counsel of God. This is the full counsel of God. This is the real full counsel of God, right? Pay care for attention to yourself. Listen to this, man. I look forward to the ministry and leadership. Listen to these words carefully. Verse 28. Pay carefully attention to yourself and to all the flock. And which the Holy Spirit has made you overseers to care for the church of God, which he obtained with his own blood. I know that after my departure, the Spirit will will come in among you, not sparing the flock. And from among your own selves will arise men speaking twisted things to draw away the disciples after them. Therefore, be alert, remembering that for three years I did not cease night or day to admonish everyone with tears. And now I commend you to God and to the word of his grace, which is able to build you up and to give you the inheritance among all those who are sanctified. I coveted no one's silver or gold or apparel. You yourselves know that these hands ministered to my necessities and to those who were with me. In all things, I have shown you that by working hard in this way, we must help the weak and remember the word of the Lord Jesus. How he himself said, it is more blessed to give than to receive. 36. And he said these things, and now down and prayed with them all. And there was much weeping on the part of all. They embraced Paul and they kissed him. Being sorrowful, sorrowful, most of all because of the word he had spoken, that they would not see his face again. And they accompanied him to the ship. In verses 29, chapter 21, to 15, I'm going to finish out with. It's on Paul going to head on towards confusion. Uh, Let me pray for us and ask the Lord to bless us. Our Father God in heaven, Lord, we thank you for your grace and mercy. We thank you, Lord, for allowing us, Lord, to be back again, Lord, to be able to be in front of your word. Lord, we ask you, Lord, regardless, Lord, of what's going on in our minds right now, what we're thinking of, let Lord, us, Lord, hear your word right now. Let us be drawn to your word. Lord, convict us today. Grow us in your word today. Enrich us in your word today. Lord, we ask you, Lord. At this time, Lord, to bless us with your word. Help me, Lord. I'm weak. I need your strength. Help me preach your word faithfully before your people. And let your people, Lord, be in praise. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Remember in 2015, um, I was living in the Louisville, Kentucky area. And that's the time that Muhammad Ali passed away. Muhammad Ali was one of the, the greatest boxers they ever lived. He is known for his nickname, the, the greatest. Um, you have heard so many slogans that Muhammad Ali, what his real name is, Fastest Case, to remember for. But one thing about Muhammad Ali, his boxing skills, and what he has put forward, many boxers today have taken from his model to be the best boxer in the world. What did Muhammad Ali teach him? He taught him confidence. Tell him not to be afraid. He's talking about how to go into the ring and give it your all. 
even at the end of his career and as his body started to decline, his daughter raised up and started became a boxer. And many others around him became major influences within the boxing community. And today we have seen the Mark Muhammad Ali Lightcap, two of the names after him for his boxing ability. You might ask the question why Muhammad Ali is remembered. Well, I think about, in a sense, of the Apostle Paul here. Uh, we have read what we just read just a moment ago as Paul has ministered and has poured it to so many people around. But now we see the end of his life is near. But just like Muhammad Ali, many have boxed that taken his boxing ability now, have used his boxing techniques to be able to use it in a way to be other boxes in the world. He's talking about Floyd Mayweather and many other boxes have learned from him. When I say this right here to Apostle Paul, what he's done in the sense of the ministry, Paul has helped plant churches so many places in our age of mind. Now, even to this day, the gospel was given to us. Paul's legacy didn't stop us when he actually was arrested. We're going to learn about that next week. But Paul's legacy continued even to this day because what Paul was given wasn't from Paul, it was from God himself. Amen. So, family. <clears throat> Let us share this. Not that we are gifted in the sense of boxing from Muhammad Ali, but something so much greater. Family, we are enriched. Family, we have gotten family the blessing from the Lord to be able to walk in the faith that is given to us as the body of Christ. For us today, let us learn from this. Let us see here how Paul heads back to Jerusalem and ends his journey here. Okay. Is it a here? Yeah. Well, here we see it. I'm going to do today a four point. God was Paul leaves Macedonia and heads to Jerusalem. Brothers, the first one, number one, brothers leave Macedonia for Asia. 22-1-6. Then we're going to find the brothers meet Eutychus and Troas on the way up to Asia. That's going to be verses 7 to 15 in chapter 20. We're going to end chapter 20 with Paul and Charles the Ephesian elders on the meeting. And we're going to talk a little bit about chapter 21, 1 through 16. Paul last few stops before Jerusalem. So let's jump right in. Brothers lead Macedonia for Asia. After the Old War ceased, we see this in verse 1 in chapter 20. One person says, Soon after the riot described in chapter 19, Paul left Ephesus and made his way towards Macedonia, just as he had planned. You guys remember what happened last week in Ephesus? The actual one of the seven wonders of the world, Artemis? How Paul went through, and people actually didn't want to buy idols, they didn't want to pay homage to idols, and for them, they hated Paul because people started to lose money. They didn't want to kill Paul, just like in the way of the Bereans, and, well, not the Bereans, and when Paul was in Berea, the Thessalonians wanted to arrest him. So Paul, everywhere he goes, Paul is one trying to they arrest him for Paul to claim the gospel. We learned about this in Israel, and Myconium. I can name in different places that Paul has preached the gospel, and many have tried to stop him from the gospel. But right after he leaves Ephesus, his call to encourage disciples in the faith right here as he goes towards Macedonia. But through the same thing in Macedonia that he was doing everywhere else. So he left Ephesus and went towards Macedonia to encourage the church. Then after that, he went to Greece, which wasn't too far from Macedonia, to encourage the believers. A lot of times people think Greece and Macedonia is the same. At this time, it was a distance away. Then in Greece, there was a plot by the Jews to try to hurt him. But Paul left Greece after three months and went back to Macedonia, headed back to Syria, which is Antioch. So Paul went to Macedonia, and then he went to Greece. He saw a plot came up, he went back to Macedonia. And Paul was steady, building up the saints. Here. So family as disciples, 
We should be quick to build one another up through the discouragement. This is like, you know, think about a child that, you know, Greg having, say, having a, a young man one day, a little young boy one day. Ain't going to way to college. And you sit down and have a talk with him. You might tell him, hey, remember what I taught you. Remember what I said under the Lord. You might give him some encouragement before he leave off to go to college. But Paul does this. He makes this tour around. As he goes to these different churches that he's helped plant in these different places, he's going back to encourage them as he leaves. He encouraged him one last time before his departure. The 12 is probably in focus here. You remember the 12 from Ephesus last week? But I wouldn't limit it to only 12. Paul could have possibly stayed as well to encourage Gaius and Erkistica. After all they went through to the crowd out in the statue of Artemis. Just as Christ poured into his disciples throughout his ministry by encouraging them before he left. He encouraged them as he getting ready to leave and be crucified. Jesus didn't waste any time. Jesus poured into them. He gave them his truth. Look at John 17. This high priest's prayer is a beautiful picture. And he prays to the Father to glorify them that the Father glorify as he that he see the glory as he had in in heaven. But also he talked about in a way he tells Peter before he leaves. He tells him to feed my sheep. Where did you get that from? Well, I mean, what is Paul in the sense of getting feeding sheep from? He gets it from Jesus to the apostle. So Paul leaves the region of Macedonia, but he encourages them in faith. It's going to be difficult for them. So Paul is not going to be there with them to save them from different things now. But with Jesus, what Peter, when Jesus said that he gave him to the Son of Man may go and die and bring raised up, Peter would just know you ain't going nowhere. Why? They were so attached to Jesus. And they wanted to walk, continue walking with Jesus. And throughout the earthly ministry. They were so dependent on Jesus in the ministry. But if Jesus don't go be crucified, how will we have a faith for our sins? In the same way, Paul knowing that these people that he loved. I have a good brother named Greg King, always mentioned about Timothy. Timothy is like Paul's son in the faith. Paul used his language, but Paul invested so much in this Timothy. He loved this Timothy like it was his own child. But not only Timothy, Paul loved hard for the people that he poured into. So what did Paul do? Paul encouraged the people. He also reminded others of Christ throughout the journey away from Ephesus to the Macedonians. Another thing right here, Paul wrote the letter to the Romans during his three-month wait in Greece. In verse 3, in chapter 20, this is the time right here that Paul, they would say that Paul wrote the book of Romans right here at this time, on his way back to Jerusalem, but he's in Greece. He's been encouraged them as well. So Paul spent a lot of time building up the church by encouraging them in the race. So family, are we spending more time building one another up, or we spend more time in the sense of being divided? Are we encouraging one another? But keep the faith. Keep the faith. Keep the faith. Are we spending more time and everything? I don't like your shoes. I don't like your shirt. I don't like your haircut. Are we spending more time saying keep the faith? Be encouraged in the faith. Things may be hard, but Christ has overcome the world. Family always good in one another. And this is how Paul ministry. This is how Jesus ministry. He's encouraging brothers to walk along with him. And are we quick to encourage other churches around us? And it's amazing what Paul is doing. Paul even not encouraged them by going in and writing Romans. They encouraged them for the book of Romans. He encouraged people in Macedonia. And later on, Macedonia is going to be a major support for the church of Jerusalem through the famine. When you get in 1 Corinthians 15 that you read earlier, Rod, Macedonia is going to be a church that's going to lay the support. And Paul went to see here. Paul is setting up that these churches right here on the planet, now they can trust other churches to be able to support other churches financially. But also we see here, the beautiful picture of Paul encouraging me here, Paul is taking me in back with him. Paul is going to show the church of Jerusalem, hey, 
Don't say no talking game. Not to try to prove and boast in himself. Better to see the world turn upside down. Look before you. We got brothers that are for you from Macedonia, from Derby, from Ephesus. Even got brothers from Marina. One person says this later, verse 4. The mention of these seven men implies what is stated elsewhere. Paul was concerned for the collection of for the saints in Jerusalem. As representatives of various churches they carried funds. Three men were from Macedonia, Doctor, Articus, and Sustenus. And four were from Asia Minor, Gaius, Timothy, and Tychicus, and Trophimus. Their religious point was Troas. In Acts 19.29, Gaius is said to be from Macedonia, whereas in 24, he is said to be from Derby. Probably these are two different men. So we see right here, Paul takes these men back. Might be some support for the church of Jerusalem. It shows that, hey, there's more brothers in Christ back there. The brothers that have heard the gospel are now going back to Jerusalem. Not sure if this was the only occasion in Macedonia for helping the church of Jerusalem. But we know that the church of Jerusalem is supported by the church of Macedonia. But Paul left Macedonia headed towards Syria. But in verse 6, we see that. They now arrived to Choas. So the Choas is actually now to leave Macedonia area and they come back towards Philippi, that's where the stop is at, and take the boat back over towards Choas across the actual uh, Mediterranean Sea. Point two. So after we just learned how Paul has now encouraged the saints, but now we see Paul now is also now meets Judicus. Then the point two. On the first day of the week, when we were gathered together to break bread, I don't know many people like to talk about the guy that was actually sleeping. Paul preached so long, the guy fell out, and went and he died. We spent so much time in there, but let's hold our horses before we get there. Look right before there. On the first day of the week, which is Sunday, a lot of times people say, well, people wasn't, they wouldn't meet on the Sunday. But they were. Because this is the day the Lord Jesus raised from the grave. So they met on Sunday. That's the first day of the week. They only met on the Sabbath when going into the synagogue. Many Jews that were in the synagogue didn't know that Christ came. The disciples would go into the synagogue to explain the scriptures. But here in our church, they gathered at Christ's church on Sunday and they broke bread with the Lord's Supper. Paul shares his grace with the Lord's Supper. The brothers and Choas in verse 78. But the disciple of the Lord. So we're seeing all these different forms of discipleship here. The Lord has given us the Lord's Supper here. I mean, Lord is a, Paul is right encouraging the Lord's Supper here. It's a reminder of what Christ has done for us. So the early church right there, they were doing the Lord's Supper. Paul is encouraging them. Come be seeing a picture what the early church looks like. Paul doesn't skip the Lord's Supper to talk about early. But he sees as indicative for the Christian faith. The family, how do we take the Lord's Supper? Do we see that encouragement here? As Paul was just sitting here for Troas, he wasn't here at Troas alone. But Paul spent enough time on his, on his Lord's Day ready to have a Lord's Supper with the saints here. So Paul saw the importance of the Lord's Supper. The Lord's Supper is what we need to remind us of the faith. The Lord's Supper is often overlooked and discovered in the enemy's discipleship. But a form of the talk is the Lord's Supper. As you take the Lord's Supper, there are encouragers in the fight. Yeah. We'll still be monolithic with the discipleship as meeting one on one. One on one, it is necessary. But the discipleship is through the preaching of the word, through the Lord's Supper. Through Bible study. All of these things that consist of a holistic form of the discipleship. And family, we need them all. Amen. And also, we show that the power of God and show up. But not as anxious by the situation of unity. Sometimes the follow the crisis to get the power of eternal God. Paul had encouraged the saints to show us for a few days now, but it seems as if they have forgotten about the gracious word of Paul. Gracious word and word, word from Paul. When Eutychus fell out the window, Paul was preaching all day. He was in the word, he was in the spirit. 
all the time. That lets us know too that it shouldn't be a limit on time preaching. Amen. We're preaching all night. The good thing about it, we're not upstairs, so y'all want to wear the hot winter. But what did Paul do here? Paul saw weary people. They were anxious. When Jesus saw people that were in need, they were anxious. What did Jesus do? He said, don't be afraid. And many a time what Jesus did, he lavished his love from them, and Jesus healed the woman with blood. He healed Jarvis, daughter. Jesus has done many miracles in the past. And now we see the Jewish tradition now as Paul continued to work with Jesus. And that's why we see the, the act of Jesus through his apostles. What does Paul do? Paul gets this young man here. It doesn't tell us all the detail what happened, but Paul gets this young boy, he grabs him up, and Paul says this, the boy, his life is in him. The family was proud to my way. Is that the shows our maturity and faith? The fathers of Christ were anxious here. They were worried here. But Paul said around to comfort them by raising the dead. The family, the people were comforted greatly themselves in verse 12. They were not a little comforted. They were very comforted, didn't they? You know, God can do the impossible, but always comfort us. Jesus teaches us not to be anxious about tomorrow. Even though we don't understand our certain events happening, this young boy is right here, Scott Wendell. And it seemed like life was not in this boy. Paul gets him up now, and life is in him. Tom seems to make sense. Our God always brings clarity. Amen. He does everything for his glory, even though we don't understand and we know what happened for his glory. We don't have to be anxious for the things in life. But remember that God will be, will be the one that comforts us. And he did here with Paul. So it was through Paul as a young man. But also we know that Paul redeemed his time wisely. In verses 13 and 16, we redeemed his time wisely. As disciples, we must have redeemed our time wisely. Plan our day accordingly. Paul wanted to stay in many places. He wanted to go back and made a quarter document to the places, but he knew the time was but family, sometimes we have to say no to things. Well, God wants me to say something to this young man. Well, if you told your spouse you're going to be home at a certain time, well, God told me to do this. Well, you told your spouse you're going to do this, right? God is not going to tell you something to dishonor you. But family, as Paul is encouraged to get back here to Jerusalem for the day of Pentecost, Paul understood the time that was at hand. Before him. So Paul loved the believers in heaven. So much he had to skip them to be in Jerusalem for the day of Pentecost. So this was a legitimate reason to skip the brothers in Asia. Because there were going to be a lot of people in Jerusalem. There was a time of major feast going to happen. The day of Pentecost, the 50th day for the Passover again. Paul knew Jews were going to come everywhere. Paul didn't want, did not want to miss the time. So what did Paul do? Paul has a skip here. And Paul is actually on the coast now. He's on a map here. And so I can go on the coast now. And he's headed back towards actually Antioch, I mean, uh, uh, Antioch. But before he leaves there, he do a major hub there. And some of the disciples that he went to to them, but they don't have time. So Paul has a skip even Ephesus. At this time, Ephesus is one of the, the hubs. Now, Ephesus is, is a church that's so unique in so many ways. That's why Ephesians is talking about everywhere because of what is happening in Ephesus. But Paul wants to be there. Paul didn't give an excuse in the sense of trying to make up speech for you. Paul really wants to be there, but Paul knew that he was called to preach the gospel. And then now it's going to be able to be Jews there at the day of Pentecost. And they need to hear what's happening around the world. It's a big feast. Jews come from everywhere again. From all places all around the world. They're coming in. Jews coming in. And Paul want to go back. He brings God back from Maria, from Derby, from Elisra. All of them back to Bay State. This was what happened in the world. Paul didn't want to miss this. The foundation of Jesus is unique. Others in the faith. To be able to support a gospel and grow them in the faith. 
Committing encouragement in the faith. And that's what Paul does here. But I'll tell you what, it's one thing we see here. So Paul, what he does here, Paul shows another picture of discipleship through the shepherd of the flock. Paul wants to spend time in Ephesus, but he didn't have time. So what did Paul do? Paul sent a word. He knows he'll be passed through about 15 miles from Ephesus. He don't have time to stop in Ephesus. So he sent a word to Miletus, I mean, to, uh, to, the, uh, to the brothers in Ephesus. Hey, meet me in Miletus. I'll be there in a few minutes. Meet me down there so I can talk to you on the way out. Because Paul had to get in that ship to go on to the next place. So look at verse 17. Now Paul from Miletus, he sent to Ephesus and called the elders of the church to come to him. And when they had came to him, he said to them, what I mentioned earlier, you said, know how I live among you the whole time from the first day that I set foot in Asia, serving the Lord with all humility. What is Paul saying this for? Paul is telling them right here is that it wasn't any boasting in this. I built tents. I did all these certain things for me not to boast to myself to be to, to get supported by you guys, to do all these certain things. I want to do these things for the gospel of the It wasn't about me. And what's so profound about Paul is here is that the brother was standing in tears. And ministry with tears and trials that happened to me throughout the plot of the Jews. Again, in Lystra, different places that Paul had in Thessalonica, Paul was actually about to get ready to get stoned in different places. So Paul said, all this stuff has happened to me. But Paul said right here that I didn't give up. I didn't stop declaring or shrinking down from declaring the profitable with teachings of the Lord. In the public, he said from house to house, testifying both to the Jews and to the Greeks with scripture towards the eyes of his face. Paul didn't waste any time. But he pointed to the air, he lets them know that it was there for you, for, for me in the ministry that I've done here. I preach the God, I preach the word faithfully. But he says right in verse 22, and now behold, I'm going to Jerusalem, constrained by the Spirit, not knowing what would happen. Well, family, Paul is saying this. Paul was called to go to the Gentile places. Family, his ministry, though, he did. He did. He went to the Gentile places. This is the end of his third missionary trip. He's on his way back down to Jerusalem. He had been faithful. He had preached. The word faithfully. God has called him to the Gentile, he went to the Gentile. And now it's time for him to go back to Jerusalem. And the same thing for Christ. Have Christ to do what the Father called him to do, it's time for Christ to go to Jerusalem. Most of Jesus' ministry was in the Galilean area. It was in the northeast area of Israel. All his time he spent was in the Galilean area, ministering the gospel. But when it was time for his actually area for his death and burial, he had to go down to Jerusalem. Paul mentioned over. Now he's getting ready to go back to Jerusalem. And Jesus is going to proclaim the word to the Jews now. And the Jews are going to go and bury their house and get them thrown over to the Gentiles, to the Roman government. But Paul tells them right here, he has done everything God has called him to do. And Paul tells them right here, in verse 24, if you guys have a highlight, a highlight is in your body. But I do not account my life any value nor as precious to myself, if only I may finish my course in the ministry that I received from the Lord Jesus to testify the gospel of grace in his life. Family, get us today. Paul said, do not count my life any value. Then we are called to go out to the nations and take the gospel as well. Are we willing to give up our comfort in this world to proclaim the gospel? Or are we too comfortable? Are we, too, are we willing to give up everything to better make Jesus known to the ends of the earth? Then it starts right now at the job. It starts right now on the college campus. It starts right now in your community. Are we willing to give up everything for the sake of the gospel? Paul is encouraging them in his last speech. This is what Paul tells them. Paul said in verse 25, Oh, I know that none of you among whom I have gone about the candidate will see my face again. 
Paul said, I did not stop proclaiming the gospel the whole council of God. This is good for the Jews. They would say that Paul only talked about this new teaching of Jesus. Paul said, I talked about the full council. All of God's word, from Genesis to Revelation, I proclaim his word. And what Paul says is right here in verse I think, 29. I know that my know that after my departure, fierce wolves will come among you, not sparing the flock. There's going to be wolves that come into the church. They're going to try to divide the church. There's going to be wolves that come in and stand for Christ, but they're going to be actually, their intention, their motives to divide the church. Family, it's happening in Paul's day. Family, happening in our day. And Paul finished up his prayer. His brothers start weeping. They start crying, weeping over this. And they embrace Paul. And Paul said, and Paul clarified that regardless of what you hear of me, you hear all these things of me. But you yourselves know that these hands right here, not the mother hand y'all been talking about, these hands that Paul is talking about here have ministered to my necessity and to those who were with me. And all the things I have shown you, I didn't come over and take money from y'all. I used these hands, I built tents, I did all these things. Don't listen to these people that are going to come in and going to say that Paul was a false teacher. The part of duty can don't listen to these things. Remember the words of the Lord Jesus, how he himself said it is more blessed to, to give to receive. That's what I did. So Paul didn't want to take any money for them. He worked. The family. Christ was a father. So much that he gave his life for her. For elders and those that are potentially looking forward to be leaders in the church. Teach them what I have taught you. How Jesus has taught the apostles. Now Paul has taught the church. Family, we are to do the same thing. This is the command of Christ. Jesus told Peter, he asked, do you love me? And he said to him, Lord, you know everything. You know that I love you. Jesus said to him, feed my sheep. For those that are not pastors, this is important for you also as well. Don't miss a joy sitting up on the teaching and outside of the back at your church. By missing church and Bible study, you miss out on allowing the church to care for you. The pastor proclaimed the word which moves us to see the errors of the heart that is not given to God's glory. It's a reason that Paul didn't call a whole church Ephesus. Paul called the elders of Ephesus to come here and Paul encouraged them to shepherd the flock. Shepherd the flock. Care for the flock. Are you letting the pastor to care for you? Are you letting the pastor to care for you? Are you letting them shepherd over you? It's good for your soul. And as we finish up with point number four, Paul last few stops before Jerusalem. Paul meaningful bond between the brothers and Christ. As a top of Christ, we should be quick to bond with other brothers and sisters in Christ. I believe this is Paul for, um, Paul for an encounter with the church of Tyre. He gave them quality time there. Paul knows the difficulties in following Christ. So even in Tyre, he, called, he, he actually ministered the gospel there as well. So he desired to be with his brothers to encourage them in Christ. He is on his way to Jerusalem, but he still gives them a few days to sit. He stood up under him his teaching. It is amazing to see the brothers' heart for Paul in verse 4 in testimony 1. They didn't want anything to happen to Paul. They cared about the brothers. And just like the elders in Ephesus, this is genuine. Man, it's like all the people just crying for Paul on the way out. They're crying and not knowing exactly what's going to happen. But Paul is standing right here. I don't know what's happened, but hey, my departure ground is needed. Paul gives him this quality time. As Jesus passed through the town, it ministered the gospel to those who were broken and were transformed in grace by his grace. The family, we have to look for other brothers and sisters in the faith to encourage them in Christ. This will lead to them after encouraging others as well. And they were encouraged here received by Paul. And the brothers that they all said with their wives and children to comfort us. Until we were outside the city, 
and kneeling down on the beach. We prayed and said for rest of one another. But they walked all over to the beach. Kneeling down. So Paul is seeing all these brothers he's pointing to now. He's headed to the net with Tyler. And he's actually stopping by these places. And lastly, let me also see in verse 7 through 13. Hey, we see Paul shows his vulnerability there. When he had finished his voice from Tyre, we arrived, he said, at Potomac. Potomac. This is Luke right here telling us that. So Luke is with him on And we greeted with the brothers and stayed with them for one day. And next day we departed and came to Caesarea. Caesarea is in Israel now. So now they made it back to Israel. They're on the way to Jerusalem. So I thought we should be okay with showing our vulnerability with one another. After Paul was revealed to Agabus, we saw in verses 7 to 13, that he would be bound up by the Jewish leaders and given over to the Gentiles. You remember Paul always said the Lord always lets them know what's going on, kind of? And the Lord, how the Lord encouraged him to be, such as Paul, to be able to, be able to trust him. But Agabus also, Paul learned from this situation, the bonding up of this, that Paul, this is going to happen to Paul. He's going to be given over to the Gentiles because, and he began to be heavily hearted, seeing the people were weeping for him. That Paul, you got to be ready to get arrested in Jerusalem. The people are weeping. They're crying over him. The family, you have compassion for one another. They're going through hard times. Paul means a lot to these leaders. He is the one that the Lord used to, to give them the everlasting hope. Now they weep. Because what all of us share with them about the, from the Spirit that Paul is now going to be arrested. And are we moved from passion? How they moved in compassion, born, crying out. Not just the one that poured the word to us, other brothers and sisters too where he was weeping. Family, we have to be like Christ. We have to, to be quick to show compassion to others. If we struggle with compassion for others and not concerned for others, we have misunderstood the fruit of the Spirit. And they weep over Paul. This reminds me of Kobe Bryant as he ended his career and after they had the Kobe tour. And I told him we went to each town playing and everybody giving them the flowers and everything. The standing ovation in Utah. Go to state. All these things, standing up, crying, and, you know, clapping of oh, the success and what Kobe had contributed to the game of basketball. Well, this is Paul, but he contributed to all the parts of Asia Mountain. I mean, just one way speaking, probably over 1,500 miles. One way. And 1,500 miles back, because Paul has been involved with help. And the church is all around. But also, you know, the Paul is content, whatever brings his way. Whatever's going to happen to him, it says in what's that, verse 13, For I am ready not only to be in prison, but even to die in Jerusalem, for the name of the Lord Jesus. And since he was not persuaded, we see and said, let the will of the Lord be done. After these days, we got ready and went up to Jerusalem. As a disciple of Christ, we will be content. The good and bad that the Lord allowed to come our way. We'll be okay with God in our way. We'll be content. Be okay. And after hearing the news, what is going to happen to him, he doesn't question the Lord here. But Paul is okay that he's in the hands of the Lord. He don't know what's going to happen. But he's in the hands of the Lord. He's okay. Okay to be in prison. He remembers the part of the Christ. He must die himself and take up the cross. Paul is not ready to turn around and do the fear. But he still boldly trusting the Lord and poverty for the Lord. I think, too, we talk about Peter again. Could it have been Peter 
was weeping and crying. Let me tell you that in the scripture. When Peter would beat Jesus, Peter didn't want him to leave. He didn't want Jesus to leave. I think it's the same for the beat people this morning. They don't want Paul to leave. And the brothers couldn't convince Paul not to go. Paul, are you sure you want to do this? At first they restrained him in Ephesus, right, with Artemis. They restrained Paul, but Paul wasn't going in with the brothers. Paul said, if you're going to kill them, hey, you're going to kill me too. He was going to get in there with them. They held him back so he wouldn't go in. Paul is fearless. Paul was truly trusting the power of the Lord. The brothers started off questioning things. The Lord, but ended up trusting the Lord. What it tells us right here, family, as we hear here today, Paul tells us right here that the will of the Lord be done. As we hear here today, an application. Are you okay with that? Living for Jesus, proclaiming the gospel, a myth of a world that is not like the gospel. Are you okay to say, let your will be done? Can you accept that? That let your will be done, Lord. When we say things like that, let your will be done. We're not afraid of tomorrow. We serve a God that holds tomorrow together. We serve a God that's powerful for tomorrow. We serve a God that is sovereign in all his ways. And not our will. But his will. By trusting in his will, family, why are we afraid? We don't have to be afraid. We don't have to be afraid. Because whatever his will is, it's the best thing that ever can happen for us. And my question for us here again, my question for us, are we okay with God's will? Are we okay with God's will? Or our will is so strong that we reject God's will. And family, that's all of us in this moment, though. Our will wants this. Our will wants this. But God's will is way better than our will. Because God's will comes from a perfect and righteous God. But for us, the things we want is rooted in the flesh. Only with the things we wanted put into the will of God and run into the Lord. But family, even when things get hard, maybe we trust God's will over our will. And as we trust God's will, we know that the outcome is going to be for our good. Even though we might not like that outcome, but family, that's the best outcome ever to be moved to the, that's the best outcome ever to be able to fill that class. Even though you don't want to feel that class. Even though you want to stay with that job. Even though you want to win that championship. Whatever the case may come out of it, if God will for these things to happen, then we should be okay because he knows what's down the road for us. Family, we can't see too far from down the road. That's for me. I wear glasses and I still can't see. Our God knows what's going to happen next 10 years. He's going to know what's going to happen in this 30 years in our lives. So for us, moving from this place to this place, for God will for these things to happen, family, we need to be okay with that. Because his will is better than ours. And let us not in any way try to say, well, God will is just right here. And what's happening is that our flesh is took the place of God, and we're doing these things, saying God has told us to do this, but it actually just flesh in us. It's not God's will that's what we family, that our will be rooted in the wisdom and the righteousness of God. So how does it happen? Talk to people that don't agree with you. Talk to people that, that actually love you, that want the best for you, that's going to push you. Talk to them. Let them encourage you. And ask them and talk to them. In the, in the body of Christ, let us build one another up in the let me break for us. I think we're out of time here. It's been wild, 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 for time. I think we're out of time. So um, let me break for us. Father God, Lord, what a word tonight. 
Missionary. I'm called. Minister to the Gentiles. Coming to the end. And the brothers and sisters weeping all around. Lord, this gets us all emotions. A world, Lord, that was so depraved. Now, Lord, the church is there. And proclaim your word. Only the wisdom of God can make it happen. And we thank you, Lord, for your goodness. Thank you for your mercy. Thank you for establishing your churches all throughout the world. There are many, Lord, that have came to Christ, Lord, through the proclamation of the gospel. Through the faithfulness of churches, Lord, in Ephesus, Lystra, and Iconium, until uh, Macedonia and Greece. All the different places where you planted churches there, Lord. What an amazing history. Well, Lord, let us not stop here today. Let us see more planted churches planted here, even in 2023. Plant more churches, Lord. All around the world, Lord, that many, Lord, can hear your gospel and respond to your gospel. We thank you, Lord, for all the things you have done for us. In Christ, we pray. Amen. Move over to the Lord's Supper. How rich time we have. Don't you enjoy the fellowship of God's word? The reason of God's word, but also we celebrate the visible proclamation of the words of the Lord God. The supper of the Lord Jesus was instituted by him the same night he was betrayed. It is to be observed in the churches to the end of the age as a perpetual remembrance and display of the sacrifice of himself and his death. It is given for the confirmation of the faith of believers and all the benefits of Christ's death, their spiritual nourishment and growth in him, their further engagement in for all the duties they owe him. The supper is to be a bond of faith of the communion with Christ and each other. The family of the Lord suffers memorial of Christ's death and our union with Christ as believers. The God means the grace to build the church back up to encourage the church. It's also a witness, the proclamation of unbelief that we are committed to Christ. And for those unbelievers, the meaning is not for you, but for you to to Jesus today. All of us ungodly people are unfit to enjoy communion with Christ. And are thus unworthy to the Lord's table. As long as they are saved, remain in the submit condition. They cannot partake of these holy mysteries or be submitted to the Lord's table without committing a great sin against Christ. All those who receive the suffering where they are guilty of the body and the blood of the Lord, even in the judgment of the Lord. For those who are not in Christ and not believers, he is not for you. But what is for you to turn from your sin and put your faith in Jesus? But now as we transition to receive the Lord's Supper, let us spend some time praying and seeking the Lord for anything that we need help with, for more boldness. Maybe spend some time asking the Lord to give us boldness to reclaim the gospel to the end of the earth. But also, if you're struggling, your will of a gospel. Spend some time right now praying and ask the Lord to give you strength. That his will always prevail over all of us. But let's spend some time in prayer to the Lord.
Mother continue praying on Rush, but Rod and Greg are going to come around with more stuff. In 1 Corinthians chapter 11, starting at verse 23, for I receive from the Lord what I also deliver to you. The Lord Jesus on the night when he was betrayed, he took the bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, This is my body, this is for you. Do this as remembrance of me. In the same way, y'all took the cup, I the supper, saying, This cup, new covenant in my blood. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. Family, the bread we have does not do the physical body, it's remembrance. And what God gives us a reminder of what he's done for us, the symbol of his body, the bread representing the body that was broken. Cut right here represents the new covenant. The new covenant of grace that we get for eternity that Christ has done for us. Let us eat and let us drink together for what Christ has done. And as we leave this place, let me go out into the word and proclaim the gospel. Let us be faithful to the gospel for the rest of this week. For the rest of our lives, proclaiming the mysteries of the Lord through his word. Let us be faithful in all that he gives to us. Let us be encouraged throughout. Hit me up this week. I would love to be able to hear about what the Lord is doing in your life this week. Love you guys. You guys be careful going home. And um, I got to stick out of here. But hey, let's um, be encouraged and everything. So we are dismissed. Uh, spend a moment of fellowship. And, um, I uh, love, love to um, see you guys during uh, the week.